everyone. Welcome to Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree. Hey, I am Teresa Reed. So glad you guys have tuned in tonight. Uh, if you don't know me, I am also known as the Tarot Lady. And you can find me at www.thetarolady.com. And my fabulous co-host is Miss Bree Saucy. Miss Bree Saucy, could you introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. I am Bree Saucy, and you can find me at www.milagroroots.com. And we have a very excellent show tonight, don't we, Teresa? We have a show that I think if you are a beginning uh if you're working in, in anything in the metaphysical industry, whether you are just starting out or whether you've been at it a long time, um, client care and dealing with uh, situations that can come up, this is so essential. Uh, you know, when you're just beginning especially, you don't know what the heck you're going to get into. And um, it can be it can be pretty nerve-wracking. Uh, well, let me just tell everybody what we're talking about tonight. It's called Dealing with Delicate Client Situations. And you know what, Bree, this is the show that I wish I would have had when I first started my business. What about you? Oh, so true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you know, for me, one of my life lessons and one of my uh, business life lessons has been about setting boundaries. And I've, I've got some great stories, I mean, really extreme stories. I, I like to say that I've got some of the craziest uh, business stories of anyone I know, and I, I've been in, in this work a long, long time. And I didn't have good boundaries when I started out. And what I did find is, for me, it really created a lot of stress in my life. It created unclear relationships. It created uh, opportunities where I basically gave permission for people to maybe treat me in a way that didn't feel good. It was just not a good thing. And I ended up having to learn some of the stuff really the hard way. And, you know, I'm still learning lessons about boundaries. Uh, what about you with your client boundaries? Has this been like an ongoing problem or is it something you caught on pretty quickly? What about you? Oh, my goodness. You know, it's it has definitely, it has been something that I have been aware of from day one, I mean, given the kind of work that we do in the sacred arts, you know, we deal with people who are are coming to us with a wide range of issues, and they're often, you know, in difficult places, very emotional places, and, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's tense, you know, it can be a really tense time, and I serve as the ombudsman for one of the organizations that I'm a member of, so I actually mediate uh, complaints from clients uh, for some of my colleagues. And so right. I'm hyper aware of this. And of course, as a Libra, you know, I'm, I naturally want everybody to walk away from the table feeling like we've all had the best experience. And so, uh, client communication, setting boundaries, being really clear in, in, you know, what works and what doesn't work is something that I went into the business knowing was important. But I have to say, like, Every year, I learn something new. You know, every every month, I learn something new. And I think that I'm constantly in a state of refining, even though I have, like, really good uh, baseline practices in place. Right. You know, I'm, I'm con there's constant tweaks that I do make to the way that I work with my clients. And I think that that's really important. Right, right, absolutely. You know, what it's all about is about creating safe containers that yes. serve our clients' needs but um, also allows us to keep the relationship healthy. 
because relationships, when you're doing work, like even like like if you're working as a therapist, if you're working as a nurse, if you're working in any of the healing or caring professions or, you know, doing the type of work that we do, um, those lines can get blurred. You know, yeah. not to borrow that yeah. Robin Thicke song, but it can get really blurred. <laughs> and, I mean, I've had situations where, like, maybe I've had a male client acting inappropriate Mm -hmm. Uh, or clients breaking down in my office or people being really, really demanding. You know, learning how to, like, set those rules in a respectful way, not where we're being cruel, um, or firing clients when they're not right for us, that is an art. I think it is an art. It's a learned art. I don't think any of us come into this business automatically having it all figured out. I agree. Absolutely. I I completely agree. And I think especially – um, the situations where you may need to let a client go, you may need to, you know, the lingo that we use is fire a client, um, those are especially difficult. And I see a lot of our colleagues struggle with that. Yes. I get questions about that all the time. Yeah. And I think tonight's guest is somebody that I've I've admired his work for a long time and I've watched how he has, you know, really put himself out there. And the way he just deals with people He's somebody that I feel really seems to have that sense of boundary, but kindness and compassion and everything in the right way. So do you want to introduce our special guest? Absolutely. You guys, tonight we bring you James Wells, and James is awesome, and Teresa made me aware of his work um, about a year ago, actually, and I just, I adore him. I adore his style. He is a Guelph-based motivational listener, consultant, teacher, and facilitator who is dedicated to merging soul and strategy. How awesome is that? That's exactly what we're talking about here. Soul and strategy. Talk about the right container. From childhood, he has been curious about what makes people and the universe tick. And through tools and processes such as Tarot, Circle Methodology, Reiki, and journal writing, James and his clients and students are inspired to remember their creativity, resourcefulness, and wholeness. James is also an author of the book Tarot for Manifestation, Use the Cards to Make Your Desires a Reality, and the forthcoming book Evolutionary Tarot Spreads, Maps for Personal and Cultural Transformation. So he, James is really the perfect person. Um, I love the fact that he describes himself as a motivational listener because, as I think we'll find out, listening is a really key <laughs> to, to everything that we're going to talk about tonight. So welcome, James, to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Bree, and thank you, Teresa, for having me on here. I've uh, listened to... I think about uh, I've been I've had the time to listen to about three of your shows and I love the people you bring on and the topics you cover so I feel really blessed and honored to be uh, to be brought into your uh, your environment here thank you Yay. oh thank you we are so thrilled to have you here and again this is a topic that that we've discussed as being probably one of the most important ones for anyone in the type of work that we're doing. So we're just really grateful that you're here to talk about this subject, James. Real quick, could you tell people where they can find you online? So that way after, we're going to go, we're going to come back to this again. We'll circle around to it again. But right now for everybody who is listening, uh, James, where can they find you if they want to work with you directly? Very simply, jameswells.wordpress.com. jameswells.wordpress.com. 
and my email address is circleways at yahoo.ca. We'll go over that again later. We will, absolutely. So let's start out right off the bat. The first thing that I want to say, I think a lot of times when people come into you know, our offices, uh, we sometimes aren't really clear about what they should expect from us or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So how do you set expectations for your clients? Well, I have the blog, the site, first of all, and anyone who pokes through any of my articles or who reads the services page will see, here's what I'm offering. You know, I'm not offering the other thing. Here's what you're most likely to find. And, and of course, you know, sometimes we surprise ourselves even with what we offer people, but by and large, they can expect to find somebody who offers a very interactive tarot consultation, who uh, engages in a conversational way with them over the cards, creates strategic questions that we can both work with based upon um, information they send me that is based upon a series of intake questions that I send them. And so right off the bat, I'm very clear that, and I'm not saying that one way is right and one way is wrong, all I'm saying is that you know, they know that I'm not billing myself as a psychic reader. There's nothing wrong with psychic readers, but it's just not what I'm billing myself as. And they're going to get this interactive counseling style, coaching style, conversational style experience um, in which they get to encounter their inner wisdom, their inner teacher through uh, strategic questions we sculpt together and through our interaction with the cards and bringing the, what we discover through those interactions to the questions that we pose. And so they, they realize right off the bat, here's what James does. Here's who he is. Here's, here's his style. And I think it really is imperative that people know who they are as a person when they're a practitioner mm. of any kind. You know, who am I? What are my preferences? What are my dislikes? What are my quirks? What are, what are my interests? And so forth. Um, what can't I stand? Um, and 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 what is it that I do as a practitioner, in my case, a tarot consultant or as a teacher of circle process or whatever, and, and knowing what that is can really be, help us be clear. Um, one activity I often give people to try out, and people can try this at home, is to make a page with two columns and... Um, I'm just going to say tarot practitioner because that's primarily who you and I are, Teresa, and, and I know Bree as well, although I know you all have different talents. Uh, set up the two columns on a page, and on the left-hand side uh, at the top of the column, put my tarot practice is not, and then just fill in that left-hand column. And then at the top of the right-hand column, once you've done the left, only after you've done the left, put my tarot practice is, and then write down the opposites of all the stuff that you wrote on the left-hand side on the right-hand side. And Lovely. That sounds, I like that. It's so super simple, and yet we forget to do it. And, mm-hmm. and I often tell people, my clients, my colleagues, and whoever, often our big no is what leads us to our big yes. So mm-hmm. if I am not this as a person, and if I'm not that as a practitioner, then I must be this and that as a practitioner. Right? Right. I love that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Super simple, but it, it'll take you minutes to do it. Anyone at home, and uh, but but it'll save you a ton of hassle. It really will. And then once you've figured that out, you know you also want to think about how do I want to be with other people? How do I want to act with them? Um, and how do I want them to be with me? And where are they then? You know, if this mm-hmm. who, who's likely to match up with me? If I want to interact with this type of person in this way, and if I want that type of, that type of person to interact with me in such and such way, where are they? And 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 who are they? And and that's when you can set some clear parameters about okay, because I do this and I am this and I choose to interact and be interacted with in these ways and my clientele is in such and such a place and there the demographic is the other thing, um, then here's what needs to be in place so that we can communicate and interact and relate with one another in a good way. I love that. I think that is it's it's so simple. It's so honest and it's effective. You know, just saying that it all comes down to really being clear about who you are, what you offer, how you like to work, that really helps you to form the foundation for setting these expectations for your clients and actually expectations for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's another piece, too, is, is, is having, I think, part of having good interactions and, and clear intentional communication with others comes first of all being clear and intentional with ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if we don't know what the hell it is we do, how can we expect other people to? Right on, that makes perfect sense. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a wonderful exercise for folks to do. I would say it not only will save them a lot of hassle, I will I would say it would save them a lot of money on <laughs> various yeah. find yourself type coaching program tm <laughs> right <laughs> you know so i think i think that that's a that's a very useful exercise i think i said before on the show um i've definitely said it in other places that you know for me one of the big aha moments with my clients came it's a really tiny thing but it came when i realized that i wanted to work with people that if they came to my to my hometown of san antonio i would totally go out and get a margarita with them. And I wanted to be able to sign my emails XO, Brie. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't want like a sincerely or a formal sign-off. I wanted an X and an O, a hug and a kiss. And I wanted the people that I worked with to love that. And when I had that moment of clarity, a lot of client stuff really came together for me. Uh-huh. Brilliant. Yeah. Simple. I mean, you know, um, XO instead of yours truly. How, I mean, exactly. how easy is that? How easy exactly. is that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What a great criterion. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so one of one of the questions that so when so then just to recap, in setting expectations for the client, the first thing you would say is that you need to be clear in, in who you are and what you're offering. Um yes. and that makes total sense because of course you can't set an expectation for something if you don't, if you haven't articulated what that thing is that you're doing. And then secondly, I really liked what you said about, you know, there is a consistency in your communication. Like, you know, it's on your website. It's on your blog. 
it's in your social media updates as well um, that relate to your business. You know, this is the kind of reader that you are. This is the kind of experience that they're going to have. And so would you say that, that you know, consistency and also repeating um, the the tone or the mood uh, in several places is important when it comes to setting up the expectation? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it, it just comes down to basic congruency with your personality. You know, if, if you're, if you're being kind of multi-faced, you know, or, or two-faced um, out there in the public. I mean, that's not cool. That doesn't come across really well. People can smell bovine excrement five miles away. Yeah. You know, so so okay, you know, so they get to see my cover photos of 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 Scottish and English castles on my on my Facebook page, and they and they get to see, you know, my you know, political. Um, uh, my political things that I would like them to sign in order to, you know, stop the harassment of certain people or something like that. Yeah. As well as well as my my uh, stuff about tarot consultations, tarot workshops, um, circle process workshops, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that that I'm doing. And I think by and large, I'm pretty consistent. You know, who you who you see is who you get. You know, I'm not a perfect person, and occasionally. Um, that comes across, and that's okay. Beautiful. I'm congruent with who I am. I, I, I can't I can't fake being somebody. Um, I, I love that, that about Teresa too. I've always yeah. felt like Teresa does such an awesome job with that. You know. Exactly. <laughs> she, yeah, she's. Thank just, you guys. Yeah, yeah, you're so awesome at that. I love it. Yeah, well, there, I, there's I, no there's no healthy alternative to being yourself. No, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know, when when I see people out there trying to put on, and, you know, I remember early in my business, too, I assumed I had to, like, you know, act, quote, unquote, professional, whatever that means. And I'm like, it's not me. It's not me to be stuffy. It's me to, I'm much more comfortable in my stupid little T-shirts and, you know, maybe discussing, like, uh, television, trash television with one of my clients. And I think that people then who aren't into that, maybe they find it offensive because I'm not scholarly, they'll go off and find somebody who's more suited for them. Whereas the people who see what I'm putting out there might feel like, well, she watches The Real Housewives. I can relate to her. Yeah. So I think it's really it's really important uh, just be you because it's going to also keep the people out of your world who aren't going to be happy with your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I rarely get people with whom I don't want to work. Right. Seriously, I haven't had a person with whom I don't want to work in in ages. You know, you said a really interesting thing before we went on this call. Mm. And I think uh, Bree and I, both our ears pricked up. You said that boundaries can make or break our business. You want to talk more about that, why boundaries are important and how it can make or break our business? Oh, lovely. Well, you referred earlier on... um, before you introduced me to creating safe containers. And this is essentially what it's about. Um, part of my training in peer spirit circle methodology, which is a form of conscious communication methodology for small groups, um, I won't go into all the details, but it is, it is about creating safe containers. And I apply the stuff that I work with um, in that communication methodology to my tarot consultations. So it boils down to responding to the question, 
in ourselves and even checking in with the people who are our potential clients, what what needs to be in place for authentic sharing from the heart to take place? And and it, it comes down to that. What needs to be in place for authentic sharing from the heart to take place? You know, that, that we can talk about anything, that anything that is talked about, that is shared, that is experienced will be a sacred experience because it will be held in confidence. You will be listened to attentively. I will speak with you as intentionally as possible in connection with what you bring to the table and with what I understand you bring to the table. And we're going we're gonna to volley that back and forth. And, we're, and so it's about creating that kind of experience. That's why boundaries are important. Boundaries create the container. I mean, the word boundary itself is a container. If you think of, of, a, of a boundary, it creates a space. You know, if you think of a fence, it creates a yard. If you think of um, a teapot, it creates something in which the tea can be held. Otherwise, you're just going to get tea all over the floor. Mm-hmm. And And so boundaries help us create that safe space where authentic sharing and conversation and 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 flow and creativity can take place. If I can really be in the zone with somebody and they can be in at what one of my clients calls the zone of revelation with, with me and with each other, when we are super clear that I will treat you in this way and you will treat me in that way and, and the language we use with each other will be inclusive of each other and with whatever else comes in the room. When we create that, we can really go interesting places. It, it's 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 like um, a super tight container can take all kinds of things. You know, it's it's the teapot again. If I just start making tea willy nilly and and you know pouring the kettle all over the kitchen, that doesn't help. If I've got the pot there, then what happens is this exquisite, warming, comforting beverage can flow into there. Same with the tarot consultation. If I have created, and they have created and we've created together a really respectful uh, interaction with one another, then some cool, creative, interesting insights and information can come through our observations of the cards and our interactions with the questions and letting ourselves flow into interesting places with the symbols and the ideas of the cards. So those are important for, for those reasons. Boundaries are important for those reasons. And it's important... Because it it, um, it keeps the transaction clean. Mm. It keeps the transaction really clean, whether it's a verbal transaction, whether it's the financial part of the transaction, whether, whether it's the intuitive or, or therapeutic um, transaction that's taking place. They keep it really super clean. It, so there's a sense here that, um, it, you know, one thing I, I, I teach some of people in my, my tarot classes is about having, um, this is one example, having um, what I call a vocabulary of empowerment. So, for instance, I try my best not to use words like should, must, mm-hmm. have to with people. You know, you should do that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe I'll say you could do this or the suggestion in this card image is that you might or would benefit from X, Y, or Z. Um, I don't say, I try not to use why because why can turn into whiny 
as I often say. It can become justification. <laughs> it, become, it can turn into victimhood. One of my friends even says that why questions can turn into um, uh, violent or abusive questions. Why did you do that? Why didn't you do that? You know, why are you such and such a person? You know, mm-hmm. it, um, don't say, I try not to say but when I mean and. If somebody, you know, turns over a card and says, oh, yeah, there's um, a person hanging from a branch on a tree. They've got their hands behind their back and a halo is around their head. And and I'll say, oh, how does that feel? Uh, they And they say, oh, it feels like they're in limbo, but an odd sort of relaxed limbo. If I say, but what I see here is, then I have just negated everything they have noticed, everything they have felt, everything that their experience of that card image has been. And I'm, I'm telling them on an unconscious level, you're stupid because I don't see that at all. If I say and, you know, oh, in addition to what you see there, I notice that the color of the the tunic that the person is wearing is that, and that their head is going slightly below the ground level. What might that suggest to you? I've, I've included what they've said. So having a vocabulary of some kind that feels inclusive is a great boundary and 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 helps create that space and helps make that transaction really clean. Um, I'll leave that there for now. I <laughs> I, I, I think that there is a lot of wealth to draw from in that. But the thing that really resonated for me, and I have found this to be true in my own practice, Teresa, I, I wonder if you found it too, is that when we start talking about boundaries initially, I think especially um, you know, for those of us who want to be of service, want to help others, we can feel like it's a way of, putting a, you know, uh, putting a limit on something or, um, you know, creating a lack in some way. Um, But in reality, binding ourselves in some manner, but in reality, good boundaries create more room, more freedom than than you would otherwise have. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. And also, you know, it's the same like when you're raising children. Yes. If you raise a child without any boundaries, I, I'm serious about this too because I had a lot of boundaries and rules for my kids, and boy, you think I would have brought that into my business. What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> you know, but I had a lot of boundaries and rules, and my daughter would say, you know, God, Mom, you know, wh- why are you so hard on us? And I said, it's because I want you to act a certain way when you're out there in society. Well, you know, it's the same way with your business. You want to treat your business like it's your child, and so you have to have your rules and your boundaries so your business behaves well, not just the people who come in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think having that that energy really is like it creates mutual respect for both you and the client when there's rules and everyone knows what the rules are. Yes. Yeah. Kids like and rules. It can make, I hate and to it say can that. Make, yeah. It can make or break your business going back to your original question there. I think I kind of went off on a bit of a tangent, but it can make or break your business because if you respect your boundaries and you respect other people's boundaries, uh, you you said the word respect there, and I think it it boils down to that, then you will create a business that is respected. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Bri and I came up with some situations that might happen, (laughs) And, and we want to get your take on 
what what is your best advice for dealing with these ones? Bree, why don't you start with that first one? Yeah, so one of the questions that we have, and I have had this happen to me so many times, um, mm-hmm. is what do you do if a client breaks down in your office or, in my case, over the phone? <laughs> right. Uh, I want to be clear on that. By breaking down, do you mean like in tears or nervous tears. breakdown? I, that's or? what I mean, Teresa. Is that what you were thinking when you when you? Yes. When yeah. a client okay. all of a sudden, because you know, it can, I'm okay at dealing with tears, but I I, I have talked to some people uh, during like business consultations where they've called in a panic because they had a client really, you know, like maybe having a breakthrough or having a little bit of a breakdown and crying and. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera, okay. and they didn't know how to deal with it. So it. this is an important question, I think, because clients do cry in our work. They do. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. oh hell yeah. I mean, I, I can't count the number of times, <laughs> multiple times in one session sometimes. Um, uh, not that that necessarily means it's a, a good or bad session. It just that's what happens when they have these I... breakthroughs. And so how do I deal with it? My My way to deal with it is to not deal with it, in a sense. It's not mine. It's their experience. Mm. If I want to fix something about this, it it says more about my discomfort with the person's tears and with their experience. It's not them that I'm trying to help. It's myself that I'm trying to help if I get into that. Mm. Because, you know, if anybody is saying, oh, they're there now, and you're, you're putting their arm around them and saying, oh, it's okay, you don't have to cry, and all the that is expressing more of the practitioner's discomfort and it is about the practitioner trying to fix their own discomfort than it is to than it is actually about trying to help the person you are actually interfering with their process if you do that um because they need to have this experience whether it's cathartic or whether it's taking them into a deep insight or whether it's tears of relief or whatever it is it's okay we can hold the space you know, have the tissues handy if it's an in-person session, or I do a lot of work by Skype and phone. I just let them, you know, have their their moment. And and I've got a couple of in-person clients I see maybe a couple times a year. We do you know an hour and a half, two hours each time with them, and and we dig into stuff. And there comes a point when these these two people know me well enough in my style, and I know their style, that they can look at me and they say. I need two or three minutes of silence. And they will. And they'll go and they'll have tears and they will break down and they'll stand up and move, walk around the room for a moment and then they'll come back to the table. They'll breathe quietly for another couple of minutes and they'll, and they'll just look at me and nod and say, okay, let's let's continue. My what I, Another thing I learned from the circle process training and, and work is if we just hold our own space. If we're, if we're in a group of people sitting in a circle, it's a big hoop, like a medicine wheel. And if we hold our own personal hoop in the seat where we are sitting, that is more powerful and empowering to a person who is, quote, breaking down, unquote, in front of us, than us you know, gesturing at them and they're there-thereing them and tapping them on the shoulder and, and all that because we are demonstrating that we are comfortable with that. We're okay with it. We have a habit in this Western culture of pathologizing people's tears. And I think that is very wrong. I think it's very wrong. There is nothing wrong 
with feeling pain. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all. The the great psychologist James Hillman, one of the things he used to say is one of the worst things that we can do for our clients, whether it's therapy clients or tarot clients or whoever, is to give them hope when what they really need at the moment is to feel their despair. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. there is a hell of a lot in our world to despair about. Mm-hmm. And if and if they're not allowed to experience that to its depth, we are not honoring their experience and we are actually getting in the way of their healing. That's so my, really my be- deep. My best advice is hold the space. Breathe with. Maybe maybe ask them partway into it, is there anything you need right now? And if they shake their head, just keep silent. We don't need to fix them because, again, it's about fixing our we, – we're fixing our own discomfort by doing that. That makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Total sense. So what about the let's, – let's go the opposite, though. All right. All right, now, okay, the client's breaking down, they're having tears and mm-hmm. – uh, et cetera, et cetera. But what about somebody who gets hostile? They don't like what you're saying. They get really angry. They get in your face. How would you handle something like that? Like they're very angry with what you're telling them. Hmm. Um. Well, one of the worst. I'll go first of all. What I wouldn't do. Okay. <laughs> uh, because I think that's my big no, leading to my big yes. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. Um. So I would. The, one of the worst things I could do or anyone could probably do is start getting defensive and huffy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, well, you effing so-and-so, I'm right, you're wrong, and how dare you contradict me, da da da, da. That's just not going to help anything. Um, I might begin by letting them have their rant. Again, just like the tears, um, perhaps they need a rant. This probably isn't really about me. This is probably about something they've been bottling up for a long time, there's probably somebody they've wanted to just yell at um, and haven't had the opportunity for various reasons. And, hey, I'm the first handy person um, with whom they feel safe enough, here's the safe container, feel safe enough to express these these angry feelings. So they don't like what I'm saying or they or I pointed out something that they've said that perhaps they thought, oh, damn, why did I say that? And, and, you know, here comes the anger. Um, mm-hmm. I think my first response is, first of all, let them have it and that, let them have the experience, that is. And then I find questions helpful here. Rather than coming at them with more statements, because if they're, if they're getting kind of huffy, they're probably, they're probably, um, probably making a lot of statements. And, uh, so I find countering it with a question or a series of questions can be helpful. Honest open-ended questions, not why are you being such a, you know, so-and-so. But, um, <laughs> but you know, because that goes into the, the violent question thing again, right? I might say, I'll, I'll give an example. For, uh, so a few years ago, I had uh, a person, and we were talking about her life cards based on the numerology of her birth date, and one of them was the Hierophant, Trump number five in, in, the, in the tarot. And you know, I work interactively, so saying, okay, what do you notice in this card? You just describe it to me, and she was going, I don't know. So I thought, okay, here we go. And and so I said, okay, well, just what do you see? Pretend it's a photograph. You're telling me about it. Guy in a chair. All right. Uh, what's the guy in the chair doing? I don't know. Preaching, I guess. 
you know, I'm going, oh boy, we're, anyway, so I was like, well, okay, you're starting to go somewhere. Why don't I pro- prompt you along a little bit? You know, the Hierophant can be about uh, philosophy and, and sticking to our morals and, and you're really connecting with um, a worldview that, that helps us um, help others in the world and teach others. There's a great teaching and learning energy. And you know, and the challenging part of the Hierophant can be, you know, being dogmatic, being uh, rigid, uh, not accepting other people's ideas and so forth. And suddenly she leapt up and pointed at the card and she goes, that's got a number five on it. And that's what number fives are not, you know, they aren't about that. They're about this. And number fives are blah, 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 blah. And you're wrong because <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and I'm thinking, hmm, touched a nerve. And so, um, and so I just said, I let her have that moment. And then I said, just let us have a moment to breathe when she finished. And I just said, okay, name. I would like to invite you to think about the last three minutes or so of this session. I was in the middle of saying that this card can be about A, B, and C. And you responded to that in a certain way. I'm curious about that response and about the way in which it was delivered. What would you like to tell me about that? And that's and obviously what she said next is confidential. And, and so it really came out what the real source of the anger was about. Mm-hmm. I tried my best, to, you know, not to let my Celtic temper get up and, and, just, <laughs> and just tried to become as curious as possible and invite her to be as curious as possible about what this might really be about. Awesome. Lovely. Mm-hmm. I like it. So here's another interesting question. Mm-hmm. How would you handle a client who is developing feelings for you? And I'm talking romantic feelings. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Someone who's warm for your form. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> has that ever happened to either one of you guys? Uh, you know what? I if it has happened to me, I'm so oblivious to like that kind of a thing that I just like I really. I would hurt myself if I tried to flirt. <laughs> I actually have hurt myself trying to flirt. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't even know it. But I, I don't think so because I talk about my husband and my son in social media and on my site, and I think everybody who works with me knows that I'm super devoted. And so it's not, it hasn't been an issue so far. So far. What about you, well Teresa? Oh, I've got some stories. But we'll save those stories for another time. <laughs> you know what, the good thing about getting older now, uh, it doesn't happen as much as it did back in the day. So uh, it, it's less of a problem now, and uh, I, I kind of like that. But I want to hear, I want to hear, James, what do we do? What do yeah. you do when somebody is acting really, like, flirty and inappropriate? Right. You get a different caliber of flirting at this age, don't you, Teresa? Anyway. <laughs> you sure do, but I do have one client who who always shows up with little presents and gifts. Yeah, he's yeah. Very flirty. He knows I'm married, but he's he says he's. It doesn't just, matter. He said just in case. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, uh, um, I can think of. I think of probably a couple of times. I mean, it wasn't super extreme, which is okay. Um, you know, just you know, one fellow. You know, I mean, I'm not going to be coy about this. The whole world knows I'm gay, uh, but. <laughs> You know, one fellow I was I was working with, he, he was making it quite 
obvious during the course of his session that you know he was quite interested in me in in more than a tarot consultant kind of way and uh and i i finally just said you know i'm aware of flirtatious behavior here that's really flattering thank you very much and we have a session to get on with here because you're you're paying for this consultation and i really want to give you uh the full value and um and me engaging with flirting won't give you that full value. So shall we continue? Wow. That's you powerful. Know. I like it. <laughs> but, you know? Not, you know, it's it's powerful, and it's getting right back to the session, but it's doing in a way that's actually really respectful. Yeah. I mean, I, I said, okay, cool, I'm flattered, but you're, you know, you're paying me to provide this particular service, and so let's let's get on with that. And uh, there was one woman a few years ago, I you know, it didn't see. It wasn't obvious, but she started doing things like, "Oh, I want to buy you tickets to this performance or this game or this whatever," and um, and you know, it was kind of nice. But I just said, "You know what, name? Our, the nature of our relationship is you you consult me using particular skills that I've got. I feel like that would be crossing a line if we went to some event together like that. Um, so thank you very much." As Extremely, an extremely beautiful gesture. Yet, uh, I'm not able to accept because I really would like to maintain a professional relationship with you. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Yeah. And with other people, it's okay. I mean, not necessarily romantic or, or sexual stuff, but there are other people with whom I can be friends, and I can also be their tarot practitioner. You know, we we have a clear understanding that you know they they don't try and catch freebies off me. They understand that it's by appointment, and when they want a session, they just say, hey, James, I'd like you to take off your friend hat and put on your tarot person hat. Um, when do you have time for me? And, you know, they pay my full fee, and we have that time. And if we want to do something, if I've got time afterwards, if I don't have somebody else booked afterwards, I'll just, and, and they want to go out for a coffee or a glass of wine or something, I'll, and, and I'll just say, okay, let's do that somewhere else. Instead of me brewing a pot of tea or pouring a glass of wine here in the same space, let's go out somewhere. You know, And, and that works for some people. And, and with other people, it's obvious that if, if that kind of uh, closeness develops, then um, misunderstandings would happen. And you know, let's face it, we all know when that's going on, even if we don't want to admit it out loud. We all know, okay, this something a little off about this interaction so maybe I shouldn't engage this way or that way you know but again you, you don't have to sort of say ooh you creepy twit you know you don't you know get your get away from me and get out of my room or get off my phone you can just simply say something like you know that's extremely flattering um but the nature of our relationship is this and I really appreciate this type of interaction um, and I appreciate when the people who consult me keep up this kind of interaction too. So let's keep it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I really like all of the answers that you've given um, because they have something in common, which is that you know you you can't control nor should you try to control you know, what is happening for the other person. But what you can control, what you do have say over is your reaction. And with all of these situations, you know, the your reaction, the bigger deal you make about something, the more you feed it. The, and, and in a lot of cases, I think the more you let it become a distraction. So I really, I like the the forthright 
manner and and the the holding of your own space so that whatever is being processed whatever is being experienced and felt can be experienced and felt in its fullness and then the work can continue yeah and and they keep their respect they yeah, keep their absolutely. self-respect and their dignity you know like i think that's yeah. really really crucial yeah i mean there's only one time i think that i really wigged out on somebody and that was just because he was being super weird and and i actually thought that somebody that was connected in his life might be in danger because he was really creepy and mm-hmm. so i just kind of kind of said you know what i really am uncomfortable with the questions you're asking in relation to this person it sounds you know to be honest it sounds really perverted to me and i really don't want to read for you anymore it's time for you to go Mm-hmm. And even that is very, you know, there's a very centered, this is what is true. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I said, I said it in a less centered manner than that, probably. <laughs> <laughs> totally. The Celtic temper came out. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. I think I said something like, you pervy old creep, get the hell out. <laughs> but that was the only time. <laughs> I, I I really I like that. So, you know, the so the next question is is a little bit of a departure, which is mm. a, and you may not have experienced this uh for many years. Um, you know, I I it's been a while since I've had this experience. But how do you deal with a client who is not a good fit for you? You know, somehow they missed all of the bulletins. You know, they they missed. I had this happen a few times early on in my career, where people would call me, and I'm I'm like you. You know, I bill myself as a conversational uh, reader. You know, I'm in my traditions that I was trained in. We always begin actually with the client's story because the story holds a lot of medicine in it. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, I had one. I've had a couple clients who early on, you know, would call and they would be like, Well, why do you want me to tell you anything? Well, that's not, you know, no, you have to tell me everything. And and so how do you deal with a client who somehow slips past all of, all of the guards and, right. and it's just really obvious a few minutes into the session that, you know, they came in expecting one thing and it's way off of where you're you're at. Yeah, so they found snippers for the barbed wire and a chunk yes, of meat for the yes, guard dog. Exactly. Right. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I said it rarely happens, um, but I, I will remind them. I say, when we spoke, and, and you know, we agreed that this is the type of interaction, and because I do the intake process, then it, it generally does not happen, right? Because mm-hmm. question, number, mm-hmm. question number four in my intake questions is, what are your expectations about what a cons- tarot consultation can do for you? Mm. And and their response to that question lets me know, um, okay, are we totally on the same page? Are we kind of on a half and half page? Are they someone I think with a little reminder would be okay, or is this somebody I need to refer to someone else? All right. So it goes back to the being clear with yourself ahead of time. And I'm not saying every tarot practitioner or reader or um, whoever needs to do an intake thing. That's not everybody's style. Some people like right. spontaneity of the moment. That's cool. I like a clean intention and a clear intention, and so I like the intake thing. Um, 
you know, with, with clients I've been working with for a long time, I can I can do it in in one question. What are we exploring today? You know, and that's a different thing. And I don't do same day appointments. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's all by appointment ahead of time, prepaid, et cetera, et cetera. So that you know, it's not just walk in stuff. And and for some people, the walk in stuff is great. They like the spontaneity and fun of that, and that's great. I I like to know what my week looks like. So. Um, uh, how do I, what do how do I deal with, them, uh, with someone who is um, not a good fit? Well, there was somebody who I think it was last year. They they called me up and, and we were chatting on the phone and I was talking a bit about my style, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, they they seen my site, but I guess they didn't read it clearly. Um, that's the other thing. Attention spans are null oh with so many people. So yeah. you know. <laughs> Sometimes even having everything in, in neon red just doesn't help. But you're a nice person, but and then they were hesitant. I said, does this sound like an experience that would be helpful to you? And, you know, she hesitated a minute, and she says, well, I was actually kind of looking for somebody who would maybe channel a spiritual teacher and and, and doing this kind of thing. And, and so I said, hmm. I said, well, it's not really what I do, as you probably heard, but... I really, I have the number of two really, really excellent channelers that I trust. I said, I don't trust many people who call themselves channelers, but I really, really trust these two people. Here are their phone numbers. I think if you called both of them and had a talk with them, you'd end up with something that would really be helpful to you and would make you really happy. How does that sound? And she went, oh, my God, that is so great. Thank you very much for doing that. So having a list of of people who do things that you don't necessarily do, um, whom you respect, other practitioners whose work you really love and respect and know, um, that can be a really handy way of, of dealing with people um, you don't feel are uh, be a fit for you. Uh, you know, if, if unfortunately you get into the moment, though, and, and <laughs> that's a different story, right? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you can simply remind them, um, okay, we talked on the phone or we exchanged a couple of emails and I was really clear in my wording that this is what I would be doing with you today. Do you remember that? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you did say that. By agreeing to come here today, you actually agreed to work in this way. And I said, oh, okay, so you created a contract. If somebody says yes to the experience you have told them about, they have agreed to work in the way that you have suggested to them. And by a, it can be a simple reminder. I'm aware that I sent you some information about my work. You told me that you read it and you understood we would be having this type of experience. Therefore, we're going to continue in that form. You know, if, if that's not something you want, we can finish the session right now. There's also nothing that says you have to finish the session. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a really good mm-hmm. thing to hear, really. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to like stop clients in, in the middle of a session and say, this isn't working. Yeah, I only did that a couple of times. Yeah, I've only had to do that a few times too, but it's like, this is not working, we're done. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, done it. I've done it a couple of times too, absolutely. Especially if I was dealing with somebody who was very rude or, or constantly interrupted me. Yep. You know, I, I, I would just say, you know, well, I'm, I think that I am not going to be the reader who can assist you. And, you know, if right. this is the kind of reader reader or reading that you're looking for, here are some names of people that I think might be a better fit for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So, you guys, we are coming down to the last few minutes. Yeah. Uh, And I did want to get one question in before we start winding this thing down. That uh, I didn't want to cut you off, by the way. I wasn't trying to do that. But um, I just want to make sure we're being mindful of time because I know people at that times. Um, What would you advise someone is the best way to handle a client who demands a refund or leaves a bad review on one of those review sites? Hmm. It would really hinge on what what the demand for a refund was about. Mm -hmm. If we've done our homework... And if we have been really clear in our communication and if we have held to that, I don't see any reason for there to be a refund. Mm-hmm. You know, if they agree, it goes back to this. We set up agreements ahead of time. Here is what I offer. Here is what the experience will be like. You have agreed to this. The interaction was exactly as I described it would be. Yeah. I find, I, and I, again, I've only had this once, and it was eons ago before I was even before I got clearer about you know right. what I wanted to tell people about my work and then my boundaries and so forth. And um, it, it turned out that with that one person, um, how did it work? Oh. None of this fits in with any of my plans, ended up being what she said. Oh. <laughs> and, I, and I just said, you know, well, well, excuse the living hell out of me if you've got, your, you know, if you have your life planned down to the very last minute for, for the next 25 years, why are you even seeing me? She must have read that Joan Crawford advice book that I have. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but, but, you know, so how I would deal with that is just, is again, I, I don't get that really because I, I'm clearer ahead of time than I used to be, you know, 15 years ago or whenever. That here's what I do, and and because of that, I generally don't get people who catch about, oh, I didn't get this, so give me my money back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, Gail Fairfield, um, whose work I really respect, the choice-centered tarot person uh, in Indiana. She told me that one time she actually had somebody stop payment on a check because the the session wasn't spooky enough for them. Oh my goodness! And wow. She said, um, I was pretty I was pretty clear that you know you were going to get a, a conversation and this is all about choice. It's not about you know the walls caving in and and disembodied hands appearing in the air and stuff like this. <laughs> but so in that case, sometimes it's just okay to hand somebody back the money just for peace of mind for all concerned and to retain your good reputation that's another thing you can do is just simply if 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 they don't seem like they're going to let go of the bone then just you know hand them the money and then don't ever see them again mm-hmm. at least at least they can't say oh so and so scammed me out of 150 bucks you know they wouldn't give right. me my money back and blah 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 and I didn't like it so that's another way to approach it. But again, I really feel that the clarity about ourselves and our work, it, it comes down to good preparation and good agreements with ourselves and, and, and good boundaries with ourselves 
and, and conveying those to others in a language that is really empowering to ourselves as practitioners and empowering to the people who come to us as practitioners, uh, as, as, as clients. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Beautiful. Well, James, um, we really, really honored, uh, we feel so honored that you did join us for this conversation, and I think the points you've made have been just really beautifully uh, spelled out. This is a very, very helpful show for Anybody, whether you're new to the metaphysical arts or whether you're old hat like me, I've learned a lot tonight from this show, so I want to thank you for that. And oh, could you, me. oh, it's great. Could you also once again let people know where they can find you if they want to work with you? Okay, yes, it's jameswells.wordpress.com. And they can email you at? wordpress.com. Uh, they can email me at circleways, the word circle and the word ways, plural, all is one word, at yahoo.ca. Awesome. And Bree, you want to tell people what our what our next show is all about? We've got a good one coming up. Yes, we do. We are going to be meeting on March 26 at 8 p.m. for Every Picture Tells a Story, where we will be talking with photographer Catherine Jess about using photography for your business and website, plus the secrets to taking a great headshot. So obviously everybody in the world should be listening into this call. And Catherine is phenomenal. Teresa and I both have worked with her. We both adore her, and she is just brilliant and soulful and delightful. And so if you are camera shy or want to add more visuals to your site, which, of course, we know are so important for so many reasons, you'll want to make sure to turn in, tune in on March 26th, you guys. Yeah, and, you know, I just got new headshots today. I get mine every so often. And I, I'm one of those people. I don't like the camera. So this show is one that I'm very hot about because Catherine does phenomenal work. She is. She really taking, does. Oh my God, she's taken pictures for, you know, a lot of people like Daniel Laporte and Kate Northrup, and she's she makes everybody look fantastic. Yes. So I think she's going to be able to teach us a lot about why we want good images, why we want current headshots, how to make yourself look good. Uh, this is really important because a good headshot is going to help us to look more professional and more authentic. So just like we talked in this show tonight, it's going to help people to know exactly who you are and what you're all about. That's right. It's part of the whole coherence of, of what you do and why you do it. Absolutely. So, uh, Bree, thank you tonight. Thank everybody who's tuned in tonight, whether you've listened in live or whether you're listening to this later on the recording or if you were hanging out in the uh, webcast. Thank you guys so much. If you want to learn more about me, my name is Teresa Reed, and I'm known as the Tarot Lady. You can find me at www.thetarotlady.com. And Bree? You guys, I'm Bree Sassi. You can find me at www.milagroroots.com. We hope you have a wonderful evening, and thank you again for joining us, and thank you, James, so much yes, for joining you. us. Wonderful, wonderful information. Thank you for sharing. Oh, good night to everybody. Good night. Good night.